Hey, what's up, Leftover Army? All right, this is what you've been waiting for, and I apologize. I don't know what happened with the upload last night, but I only uploaded like an hour and 20-some minutes of the podcast that we've recorded. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play the rest of the podcast that you were supposed to hear yesterday. So this is episode 25.2. Episode 25.2. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Leftovers. Now, this story it came out of left field today. Um, Tom Hanks blew my oh. fucking mind today when I read this. Um, Me too. Uh, in an interview with Showbiz 411, he revealed he'd love to be in a superhero movie. Whoa. He said, they don't ask me, man. I keep trying. Come on. I can do it. I can do it. Even let me play a bad guy. Let me play the bad guy against Batman. I'll do anything. Call me. They've never asked. What do I got to do? God, I want to throw a shield at somebody. <laughs> I want that. And I don't want to play the guy in the suit who tells the superheroes what's going on. I don't want to be that guy. Well, you know, Batman, Captain America, Iron Man, here's what we've discovered. I, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. I want to get in there. I want to play the Flash or something like that. They'll never give me a chance. Holy shit, that's mind blowing. Dude, I you know, I know he's up there in years, but man, that's pretty fucking cool that you've got these high caliber actors that are not ashamed to say, I want to be in a superhero film. I want to see Tom Hanks in the superhero film. Who could he Who would play? You cast Tom Hanks as? I don't know, but damn it. You know, there's so many possibilities, villain and hero, that would be fucking fantastic. He's amazing. I mean, he's he's a great fucking actor. He's he's never let me down, you know. He's one of those guys where I'm just like, I forget about and then I go see one of his movies and I'm like, God dang it, Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember I, I saw Dragnet in the theater back in like eighty five, eighty six with my parents. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was my first that. exposure to him. And yeah, uh, I think I love that movie. Yeah, and I just thought to myself, man, this guy's really funny. And then you know he did big, and then and then he did uh, the Burbs and and Joe versus the volcano, and then he got into like he did Philadelphia, blew everybody's mind with the serious role. And dude, Tom Hanks is like a great actor. Did you guys ever see that picture that was floating around the internet of him? He went into like this restaurant, and this dude was drunk, passed out at the table. So Tom, yeah, Hanks, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Hanks t- takes dude's phone. And takes a picture of him next to him with his tongue out as this, as this guy's passed out. And so when this guy wakes up from his drunken stupor, he checks his phone and one of the pictures in his camera is Tom Hanks right next to him. <laughs> He's, man, I, I think he'd be a better villain, don't you? I mean – I do. Yeah. I was thinking Mr. Freeze. Oh, shit. <laughs> That'd be fantastic! Wow, wow, you blew my mind with that, dude. That's nice. really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, the, the opposite of Schwarzenegger, you know, <laughs> right? Someone with some acting range that yeah. actually care about his, you know, his dead wife or his frozen wife or however they're going to do it. You know, fuck, yeah. man. 
Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I'm glad. I, I didn't know about that. That's really Yeah, cool. it just came out. I just saw it today, man. I'm like, dude, this is Tom Hanks. I mean, we've already got, you know, uh, Robert Redford going to be in a, in a, in a Captain America movie. Right. We could have Tom Hanks in a Marvel movie or Tom Hanks in a, in a DC movie. This is crazy. This- Did you ever think that this stuff would no. be mainstream? No. It is, though. I mean, ah, no. I never imagined. Like, I, I remember, like, me and you, Brian, buying comics, and I'm always like, yeah. I've got I've to gotta hide these from people. I know. <laughs> I know, dude. And, I, you know, and there's times where I didn't read as much as I used to, and, like, I'd only, like, read the events and stuff like that, and then I'd, right, I'd right. stop because, you know, it's like it wasn't acceptable. Dude, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm at that point in my life where if you don't, you know what? If you if you're not if you think that this stuff is, you know, for geeks or whatever, you know, I mean, it's fun. It's an escape from my my regular bullshit that I deal with every day. It's just an escape for me and it's fun and I love these characters and I can relate to them and and uh we're not the only ones. These actors they, they want to become these characters. They they want to live this out. So, you know, these things that we dreamt about in our childhood, seeing these characters on the big screen, this shit's happening, dude. And, like, all this shit that we used to be ashamed of, man, there's no, we don't need to, like, put our heads down anymore. We can fucking, like, hold our heads up high. And when they're in the theater and, like, they show that fucking character, like Thanos at the end of the movie, people can look to us like, for Who the fuck is that? Who's yeah. that? Oh, yeah. well, I can tell you because I follow this shit and I enjoy it. Right. Right, so suck it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that that actor that you liked in that independent film so much, yeah, that actor or actress is now in the next Marvel movie. Speaking of right. which, I've heard that um, Samuel Jackson kind of slipped up, and he did tell everybody in an interview that um, Elizabeth Olsen is that her name? Elizabeth Olsen, yeah, yep, is going right. to be Scarlet Witch. Yep, he did say that. Oh, and, wow. And then she came back and said, well, you know, Sam Jackson can say whatever he wants to say <laughs> because that hasn't been confirmed. So if that – and I've also heard confirmation that uh, that uh, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson will be Quicksilver. Yeah. So uh, it looks like that's going to happen. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean uh, – but yeah, some of the – you know, and like Elizabeth Olsen, she's like known for just doing like these indie films. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. I mean, it's crazy that these people are interested in these things. I mean, I, I, I never imagined like this stuff would be happening, but it's it's really cool. And it's really revitalizing the whole industry, in my opinion. I the just, whole movie industry has really benefited yeah. from these stories. So, But, but when is it going to be too much? When is Marvel going to put out like a shit movie? Like, you know, I didn't like Iron Man 3, but you know what? I can say whatever the fuck I want. It over it did over a billion dollars. Yeah, you know it's gonna happen though. It will happen. You know that's that's what I'm worried about that it, that it, that the, that one of these movies is gonna bomb. And I think if any movie is going to bomb, if it, or either just like blow everybody the fuck away, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Absolutely. Yeah, that's gonna be a very polarizing movie. I, it's very. I'm very interested to see what that does. That's a litmus test. That's yeah. that's what we're gonna know. You know, can they do this just yeah. kind of off the wall thing? You know, yeah. will people accept a talking tree? <laughs> well, well, he only has one line. Yeah, only one word. <laughs> guys, guys. I mean, they they got they've got Vin Diesel in there, and he's got a huge following. We can say whatever the hell we want to about right. some of the movies that he's been in. You can say whatever. Fuck Riddick. You can say, uh, you know, uh, Fast and the Furious. I'm not a big fan of that franchise. Whatever. There are people that are. Franch- Fast and the Furious is not going to go away, guys. I mean, it's... it's it's And, and they've changed the, the those films from, like, what they originally were. Um, they were kind of just like... Uh, 
you know, race car movies, you know, guys racing right. each other for cars and stuff. Now they're more like a heist movies and they've even moved into the superhero element and stuff like that. It's getting crazy with these uh, Fast and the Furious movies. And big time actors are joining it. Kurt Russell's going to be a big part of that now. And, and, uh, Vin Diesel has a huge following because of Fast and the Furious. And so I think he might be able to pull some viewers into Guardians of the Galaxy. I think he is, we may not think of him as a big name, but I think he does have a big following, especially a huge online following. Tons of people follow him on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, and he's a fan of the comic books, which I think is really cool. Yes. Like that totally redeems him for me. So, yeah, very cool. I, I'm glad he's a part of it. Yeah, you know? and I think that's a perfect start for him. I'm sure he'll have other roles in the future, but I'm really glad that this is what he's doing right now. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah. This all comes back to Tom Hanks, though, man. Blew my mind. Tom Hanks. Yeah, <laughs> totally blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, want to talk a little bit about some Star Wars news. Uh, Jet Lucas, the son of George Lucas, sat down in an interview with Flicks in the City, and he revealed that George Lucas had already begun working on the new trilogy, saying, we knew probably a year prior, uh, referring to the purchase of Lucasfilm from Disney, that he had started writing and researching, starting his own little process. About a year later, when the idea of selling to Disney came up, it's nice because he's happiest when he's writing and doing something with his time. Jet Lucas went on to Flicks in the City, and he told them that Lucas was really torn with the idea of uh, handing Star Wars over to someone else. Yeah, as any parent watching their kid going to college would, he's constantly talking to J.J. So he's talking to J.J. Abrams, the director of Episode 7. Obviously, J.J. was handpicked. He, meaning Lucas, is there to guide whenever he'll help, whenever he can. At the same time, he wants to let it go and become its new generation. Right. So I think that's... I, th- I think that's a great thing. Yes, man. yes, yes. I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's really good that he's letting J.J. do this. I think that, you know, you always do kind of want to have the inspiration come from, it, uh, from George Lucas, but you want somebody like J.J. Abrams, some new, uh, new blood in there to kind of like have him run with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I agree. And I think no matter how good JJ is or what his reputation is or what he's done, I think as far as Star Wars is concerned, he's still kind of probably shitting his pants at times and wants to make that phone call, you know, I need to talk to George and and get his opinion on this. I right. don't think that's ever going to stop as far as that's concerned. But I don't think I don't think Lucas is going to be like hanging around on the set. I don't think No. <laughs> no. You know, I um I don't think he's going to be there. I think JJ needs to just this is his show. He needs to do it. I think it's good to have kind of like, you know, George Lucas as that consultant, kind of like, you know, Whedon with the Marvel Universe. When we talked about, you know, when uh, they flew Whedon in to help Alan uh, Taylor, uh, yeah. the director of Thor of the Dark World, you know, just finish some scenes, like, you know, clean up some scenes in the movie that Alan was having some tough times with. Maybe that's what Lucas can do with J.J. Like, maybe just putting these two guys' two heads together can get some really cool shit made, done, you know, done for this movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I and I I'm I'm happy about that. I mean, regardless of of his missteps and misfallings with the you know, the prequels, I'm glad that he's kept it alive and he you know, he obviously has a a heart for this and he has a passion for it. So I'm glad 
I'm glad that Lucas is still involved in this capacity. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy about it. And, hey, and I, I wouldn't want it any other way, you know. Jake, are you frozen in carbonite? What the fuck's going on over there? <laughs> I, I, I still can't get over that he named his kid Jet. <laughs> <laughs> that like froze uh, my brain. <laughs> Your brain's frozen in carbonite. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the rest of you is fine. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a lot of flack for that too. I saw a lot of people commenting that he was just a fucking moron. But I, for naming, I didn't for naming to that his stuff. for naming his kid Jet. No, <laughs> just the Jet himself. I'm just was messing. <laughs> kind of an idiot, but who, you know, don't fucking do that shit. That's stupid. Isn't yeah. Jet the kid that he created Jar Jar for? Because <laughs> that's what that's what is that's what Jet called cars was Jar Jar, and that's where the name came from. Well, Jesus, that's a stretch, but yeah. maybe. <laughs> Uh, this I just read about this too. It's also Star Wars. I've got a couple more Star Wars stories. Uh, the actor Anthony Daniels that played C three PO in all six of the Star Wars films, he was asked by a, a fan at New York Comic Con about him being the only actor to appear in all six Star Wars movies and possibly seven. And he may have spilled the beans that he's in fact returning for Episode Seven when he responded by saying, "Yes, I am the only actor to be in all seven because I feel." Daniels started, but then swiftly backtracked with six. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, I'm the only actor to be in all seven. And then he backtracked and he said, six. And he goes, whatever. <laughs> I, so. I know him well enough to know that he did that very much on purpose. Okay. okay. That, that's very much the kind of humor he does when you talk to, when you talk well, to him. He knew that the, you know, Mickey Mouse had his ears open that day. So he's got to be very careful about what he says because he doesn't want to, yeah. you know what I mean? Disney's keeping this all kind of under wraps, man. And, but I can't wait until we finally get some real concrete news. Did you guys hear the fucking, uh, Harrison Ford's like, almost denying that he is, he's not sure yeah. if he's going to come back for, uh, to play Han? Yeah, episode seven? absolutely. Yep. But, guys, he, 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 you, are you talking about the Benedict Cumberbatch and him uh, episode? Okay, of- Benedict Cumberbatch. Him and Benedict Cumberbatch were on a late night talk show uh, in. Uh, it was for Graham Norton over in uh, over in uh, England, and yeah. uh, they they were asked about it straight out by Nor- uh, Graham Norton, and they both kind of acted really coy and like you know what are you talking about, and you, you could kind of tell that they both pretty much had talks at least with. Uh, you know, maybe Kathleen Kennedy or JJ about coming back, about coming, right. about joining the movie. You could just tell they're kind of like smirking and smiling at each other. And and uh, is that what you were talking about, Jay? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and did you watched it? I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I watched it. Yeah. Do, do you almost see the resemblance, like with Cumber, Cumberbatch and Harrison Ford, that he could almost be a young mm. solo? You know what I mean? Like an offspring or offspring, even... definitely. I thought you were talking about like doing a solo. No, film. no, okay. not, no, not no, 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 no. I was watching that. And I'm like, he kind of looks like he could be fucking the right. son of Han Solo. You yeah. know, it was kind of weird. It was a very weird interview. Like, like you said, they kind of uh, Harrison Ford kind of played it off. Like, ah, oh, no, you know, this isn't happening. Right. Like he just kind of made a joke of it, you know. For a while there, I was hoping like, okay, if they're gonna have a young Han, I was like, I was like, man, I hope it's Taylor Kitsch because I liked him right. in Friday Night Lights, and then he just had two stinker movies with the John Carter. I liked it, but 
not a lot of people did and and it didn't do well in theaters and it did it bombed financially and and that was disney and disney doesn't forget i'm sure no um, they don't and that was a good it movie too. too yeah i yeah, liked it too i yeah. did too and and then you know he bombed in battleship um so it's like man taylor kitsch got these you know i was thinking like he would be a really cool you know uh young han solo he he was a badass as riggins in uh friday night lights and he's he's that uh he was that kind of like in friday night lights he was that guy on the team that you know could go out the night before drink a ton the next day be hung over and still fucking you know tackle who he needed to tackle and just kick ass in the game and even though he was a fuck up you were still rooting for him and so like i was like man he could really play han solo's son and uh yeah that kind of got you know, taken away from me with, yeah, even his gambit role, they kind of fucked him on that. They really did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. So, yeah. So I don't see Taylor, Taylor Kitsch being in a star Wars movie. Unfortunately, I, I still think Harrison Ford's involved. I think he's just playing coy, but it was an interesting interview. We, we should maybe post that on Facebook for people who yeah. haven't seen that. Well, see, the thing is, uh, it's, I think Harrison Ford just doesn't want to be bugged by this shit until yeah. after the Ender's game stuff is over with. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, you know, because, like, right now he's handling, you know, press events for Ender's Game and he's promoting Ender's Game. And, like, I can understand, like, that's his focus right now is Ender's Game. His agent's going to be like, dude, I know these people are wanting to know about Star Wars, but we need to focus on Ender's Game. That's the movie out right now. So I think he's kind of talked to Disney and said, hey, I don't want anything coming out about me in Star Wars until I'm done with Ender's Game. Yeah, that's got to be tough because the same people that are excited about Ender's Game are obviously going to be excited about Star Wars. You know, it's very much the same genre. I'm yeah. going to see Ender's Game because of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are kind of divisive on the whole Ender's Game thing because the uh, the writer of the, the of the book is uh, I think he's anti gay rights. Yeah, Orson Scott Card. I, yes. I think it's more than that, too. I think he's donated money to the camps from the book right. sales. Right. Oh, Jesus so, Christ. I don't know about you guys. I don't think we're going to review that on the show. No. Um, <laughs> and and I, if you guys want to see it on your own time, that's totally fine. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to see it or if I'm not going to see it in the theater. But uh, I just don't think we should review it on the show. You know? Yeah, that's kind of a dick move. I'm sorry, but, you know, it, you got to get with it, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's evolution baby yeah <laughs> yeah i don't i don't see why we wouldn't review it on the show still though i i don't think i think the filmmakers are doing everything they can to distance himself from orson scott card and his viewpoints i guess you're right on that, that yeah the I'll, I'll leave it separate. up to, i'll leave it up yeah. to you guys if you guys want to feel like you want to watch it and review it on the show go for it i don't know yeah, we'll, we'll decide it when it yeah. comes i don't think us reviewing Ender, ender's games or sa- says anything about our viewpoints about any of this stuff i mean yeah we, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, there are two new rumored Star Wars titles that are floating R2-D2. out there. <laughs> uh, and these uh, these come from Latino Review. Uh, the two titles of the Episode 7 that are floating out there, Return of the Sith and Rise of the Jedi. <laughs> Thank you. I hate both of them. They're fucking lame. Like seriously, yeah. like a ten-year-old who's seen the trilogy once could come up with these. Yeah, yeah. Just put all the words from all the other titles in a blender, and whatever pours out first. That's what I was thinking, dude. It's like putting a bunch of words on a dartboard and just throwing darts. <laughs> Return 
of the Empire. There we go. <laughs> do, do you guys want to play Star Wars Mad Libs and come up with a title at the same time? Right. Uh, that's what it sounds like. I, I like adverb, Brian. I liked. Uh, I what's that, Jake? I need an adverb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like the the rumored title that we heard a few weeks back, uh, "A New Dawn." I love. I, that. I love that title. It's perfect. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that title gives me chills. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you can picture it. You can picture it on the screen, and you're just like, "Yeah, that's what it needs to fucking be." Yeah, I can't wait to get the the first official teaser poster. No, oh, I know. I can't wait to own the first official teaser poster. <laughs> did um. Did you guys hear that uh, – it's all rumors, of course, but did you guys hear that the that, uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier might be the movie that has the first teaser trailer? No. For no. Star Wars? I think that's bullshit. I think what Disney is going to do is they're going to put it in a shitty movie. If they're smart, they're going to put it in a movie that they're not 100% sure is going to be a great movie. Yeah, because right. you know yeah. damn well. Well, see, the thing is, that's yeah, changed. Everything's changed. Back in nineteen uh, nineteen, what was it, nineteen ninety eight, when the first teaser trailer came out. Uh, that's before like the internet blew up, and you could watch all this shit on the fucking internet. Right. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. It, it'll probably come out. It might come out with. They were talking about the first teaser trailer would come out during the Winter Soldier, before the Winter Man. Soldier. That yeah. makes sense. It might yeah. be right. You guys think they're going to do this thing in three D? The Star Wars? Yeah. I think it's a definite. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've definitely talked about the IMAX thing. Um, that's been pretty much confirmed that a lot of it's going to be an IMAX instead of a Cinescope, I believe. Yeah. Which which is what it was filmed in before. Um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people are already upset about that. So I'd be happy with IMAX. Well, I don't really need a 3D Star Wars. but I feel like Abrams the re-release of the other movies in 3D is pointing towards that. I guess that would signify, yeah. Yeah, because they stopped making those other movies in 3D. They only did Phantom Menace. They were going to do one. They were going to do the movies every year. Starting That's with, true. with the That's Phantom true. Menace. But they abandoned that. They abandoned that. After, after the purchase of Lucasfilm from D- Disney bought Lucasfilm, they abandoned that. Now they're just focusing on episode seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be. I, I don't really need it to be in 3D. I don't know if a lot of people really are interested in that. I mean, after seeing something like Gravity, are you really want to fuck with 3D? <laughs> you know what they, I mean? They need to get Alfonso for episode eight. Yeah, I absolutely. But do you really want to start fucking with that if 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 you're not ready for it? You well, know, what if, I'd be happy with it not being three D. Well, what if they said? What if they said that? Hey, okay, we've uh, they blow our mind and they say, you know what? We uh, talked with James Cameron and uh, we bought uh, some of those three uh, D fusion cameras. <sighs> I don't know. I well, okay. Okay, yeah, because Avatar was great, right? So, yeah, I, I guess I don't I guess. think it'll happen because, like, look how long it's taken those movies to come out. Yeah, and see, the other thing is, what was cool about Star Wars when it originally came out was how groundbreaking the filmography was. Right. So, are they really going to try and do that if they're not really on par with what 3D is? And I don't know. I'm sure they are. Don't I, you want it to kind of have the same feel as the other movies too? Yeah, absolutely. You don't want something absolutely. completely like, you know, like Avatar's got that Avatar feel. Right. You know, you don't right. want this to, you don't want Star Wars to be like, okay, now we're just, you know, fucking going for Avatar. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, they, they talked about, you know, really using a lot of realistic elements in this, like they did with the first films, rather than having it so CG'd. Yeah. So I'd be happy with it being that and that being good rather than, like, oh, we've got to fucking do this in 3D now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's, it's almost too much. It's like, okay, we've got to have a perfect blend of, like, practical effects and CG. Oh, and now on top of that, we're going to be filming it in 3D with a 3D fusion camera. Yeah. And, on you know, on top of that, we're going to be, you know, IMAX. And on top of that, we're going to, you know, it's just like, oh, and hell, why not just, you know, film it at 48 frames per second, too? Right. Like, like The right. Hobbit, you know? It is Star Wars, though, and when I think of Star Wars, I think of pushing the envelope. You're I right. Mean, you're right. You're right. When Episode One came out, nothing looked anywhere near as good as that for four or five years, you know? Yeah, but – oh, man. Well, then again, let's think about the last Star Trek, which I thought was very visually stunning 3D. I thought it was really well done 3D. So I don't know. I mean I thought Abrams did a really good job with that. Um Besides the excessive lens flare, I think the 3D was fucking fantastic for the last Star Trek. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait for the announcements to start happening because you know they know kind of like what they're going to do. They're just waiting for the perfect time to announce everything. And I think a lot of it like goes back to what I said You know, with Harrison Ford and Ender's Game and, and some of these other actors that are working on other things. They don't want – this Star Wars to take president because it, it, it will. It will. I mean, yeah. If yeah. you and if, Disney it, doesn't want Star Wars to overshadow Avengers two either. You know, that's, that's true. true. That's true. Which is probably why they're moving it up possibly to December. They're pushing it back to December. I heard that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, did you guys hear recently that there's a rumor going out uh, around that uh, Brian Singer is wanting to uh, have uh, that that. Days of Future Past was filmed in 48 frames per second. I did hear that, yeah. Yeah. I also heard that uh, Evan Peters came out and said that his Quicksilver will have silver hair. Yeah, nice. I heard that too. So that's cool. Um, I wouldn't mind to see – I wouldn't mind seeing uh, that Days of Future Past in 48 frames per second. I, I actually enjoyed the 48 frames per second when I saw The Hobbit. Absolutely. See now, didn't you have to go to a special theater to see it like that? Yes. I did. Yes. Yes. I, I just went to my normal IMAX theater to see that. I, I don't know. Maybe I guess that's not at every theater. Not all, at this point. Yeah, not all of them show it at the forty-eight frames per second. It was well worth it, though. You could see every detail like crystal clear, and I really like. I really like that about the Hobbit. Yeah, very, very like visually mind blowing in that regards. Well, it's like they were uh, what I was worried about, like when before like the Hobbit, before I actually saw it, like the teaser trailer and everything like that is like, is it going to look like a freaking soap opera? Is that how it's going to look? Is it going to look like watching a soap opera on your LED TV at home? Yeah, too real. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I know a lot of people had that complaint about the Hobbit. They Mm -hmm. said it was almost too too like you were seeing them play this out in a CG environment. But I, I really enjoyed it. I got lost in it. So I guess it might be different for everybody. It's something that people need to get used to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I think I think we've run on quite a bit. I think we've got a, we did a quite a bit. I don't know if we have enough time to do New York Comic Con news this week. We I think we'll save that for Sunday. It's just in a few days anyway. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but we can talk about the New York Comic Con news. I'll, I'll keep my notes for that. 
Um, but uh, I'm glad we got to record something tonight. Did you guys want to talk about anything else? I don't know. We still got to talk a little bit of uh, Walking Dead. Oh fuck, Walking Dead! Yeah, we got to talk about Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got you. I'm carrying you. No shit, <laughs> man. Gosh, both of my legs are broken. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking quadriplegic over here. You better. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, we'll take a little break. We'll come back. We'll talk Walking Dead. All right. So I'm watching one of the teaser trailers on AMC for the Walking Dead season four premiere, and I never realized how much. Charlie Wilson, the dude who plays Herschel on Walking Dead, how much he sounds like Wilford Brimley. Everything we've been working so hard to keep out just found its way in. I'm Wilford Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Everything we've been working so hard to keep out just found its way in. Diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. Everything we've been working so hard to keep out just found its way in. Check your blood sugar. Check it often. People do learn to live with this. Diabetes. Everything we've been working so hard to keep out just found its way in. Diabetes. Everything we've been working so hard to keep out just found its way in. Check your blood sugar. Check it often. Not even when it comes to getting my testing supplies. I'm Wilford Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Everything we've been working so hard to keep out just found its way in. And I don't let living with diabetes interfere with that. Diabetes just found its way in. Diabetes just found its way in. Diabetes just found its way in. Diabetes. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about the Walking Dead season four premiere, uh, which we have a new showrunner this season, which is uh, what's his name? Scott Gimple. Scott Gimple. Yeah, Gimple. Yeah, and uh, Scott Gimple. This episode was directed by Greg Nicotero, who's been with the show for quite a while now, I believe. He does yeah. a lot of the uh, zombie makeup and and the zombie creations too. Um, what did you guys, we're going to rate the episode, of course. What did you guys, uh, Jay, I would love to know, me and Jake have already talked about the episode, so I'm curious as to what your thoughts were on uh, the Walking Dead Season 4 premiere. Um, well, we're, we're all going to rate it. Yeah, go ahead and rate it. Just just the premiere. I mean, this is not for like, <clears throat> the full season. We have no idea where it's going to go, just for, just for the premiere episode. Right. Um, yeah, as far as this episode goes, I'd give it a toss it. I, I was totally, totally disappointed with this. Um, you know, if Nicotero's been doing all this stuff with the zombies, first of all, the zombies were weak as shit. The special effects I thought were weak. Um, I don't know if that was because of the special effects department or if that was because of the way that they filmed it. Um, it was way off pace for me. Like, there was just... It was like an ADD episode of Walking Dead for me. I, I went back and, um, 
you know, I haven't had a lot of time to like watch anything or do anything the last couple of weeks, but me and my girlfriend have been rewatching the last couple seasons. And even though, you know, like the last season wasn't my favorite season, it still had a very uh, visually stunning way about it. It still kind of had that feel that you got from like the first season or the second season. And this seemed like it was a rush job. It, it was just the beats of it were off for me. There were so many scenes that were just like, why the fuck are they doing this? Why are they showing this? It, it almost felt at times like a mockery of of what Walking Dead is. Mm-hmm. It's like as if it, it almost I was thinking to myself, like, is this so played out to this guy? The, the new showrunner, is this so played out that he's just fucking making a mockery of it? And I was, you know, like we, I, I don't have cable. So like we really struggled to find this. Like I couldn't find it on AMC, um, you know, the, the release night. Um, so we had to find it really. We, it took us like a good hour or two to actually find the episode online after it had aired. And uh, yeah, I mean, like that's all I wanted to do that day. That whole day, I was like, man, I just want to see this new episode, especially after watching all the other seasons again, you know, revisiting them. Uh, but, yeah, just visually off, like character off. Like the, the one thing that I liked was was kind of the character chemistry was there. Um, it seemed like they had a greater bond in the prison between the characters. But other than that, like just like Rick's kind of solo – Thing that he had going on, um, everything just seemed off to me, and I, I, I I'm not doubting that they're going to fix it. But um, the one comment I made to you guys after watching was, was, I just wish there was some consistency. I wish Kirkman would step in and say, this is off from what my vision is, because it's not the vision that I see from the comics, and it's not the vision that I've seen from every other episode. It was almost like a reboot from season three. It's like, Mm. we've got to fix some things from season three that totally did not need fixing in the way that they fixed it. And so I was I was almost a little bit pissed off with this last episode. Not to say that I don't love The Walking Dead. I fucking love The Walking Dead. I tell everybody who hasn't seen it, watch The Fucking Walking Dead. But this episode really threw me off and I and I hope it corrects itself. Yeah, wow. I <laughs> I, I agree with Jay 100%. I actually deemed this the worst episode of Walking Dead ever aired. Um I totally toss it. Um you know, I actually hadn't watched the last two episodes of season three, and I watched them right before I watched the season four premiere, thinking I had to or I wouldn't know what was going on. I didn't really have to. No. <laughs> no, it's a reboot. There was, it was crazy to me. There was no mention really of, of Andrea or the governor or any of that. Like, all of that could have remained spoiler-free to me yeah, if I would have watched this episode. They talked about the governor. Uh, Tiny, Michonne. Tiny. Michonne. Tiny Michonne. Michonne's got this whole story arc uh, of her like actually going out and and that's where she was when she was riding the horse coming back. She was on a search for the governor looking for him. Gotcha. Um, and uh, I, she was talking about going 70 miles out to Macon, Georgia, and they were talking about like what a long, treacherous journey that would be uh, that she, of course, meet a lot of walkers and you never know who she's going to run into. It's too far away. And so that's her whole story arc, it sounds like, this season is her you know tracking the governor gotcha well and another thing is i feel like the job of a season premiere 
is to get me excited for the entire season. Right. To present the themes of the season, kind of just give me an idea of what's going to happen a little bit. And this felt like episode 10 of a season. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't really, like, convey to me the kind of the flow of how this was going to go. I could care less about Rick and the witchy woman out in the woods, and that did nothing for me whatsoever. Too much focus on the relationships, I thought, this episode. I thought McCone was way out of character. I think she smiled more in this episode than she has in the entire comic book series itself. (laughs) Yeah, they lightened her up. Some some time has passed, you know, between... That's true. Some time has passed, and I I think that... I, I, I did enjoy the fact that, you know, when she did finally come back, Carl was upset that she left so soon. I think she and Carl have formed a bond, you know, with her, with, of, of course, you know, last season they formed a bond. Carl was the one that kind of like, you know, he gave the thumbs up. Like, yeah, he did. He, he was did. the one who said, yeah, she's part of us. She's one of us now. And so when she came back, he was all smiles and he's like, oh, you got to leave so soon, you know, right after she gave him the comic book. So I really enjoyed seeing the bond between, you know, Carl and Michonne. I thought that was really cool. So I oh, think she's it, she's more comfortable with the group. I think now she feels one of them. That's why she's smiling more. Yeah, I can see that, I guess. I, I, I had a big problem with the action sequence in this episode, too. It's like we pan up to this roof, and all, <laughs> all these zombies have been on this roof for God knows how long. And they didn't fall through yeah, before. And not until the people go into the grocery store do 20-plus holes appear under the zombies' feet and yeah. they start falling through. I, I couldn't even suspend my disbelief for this. this well, was it was kind of like stupid. a zombie mousetrap because they did show, like, oh, there's, there's the plane on top, the helicopter on top of the roof. Which I don't know how the it fuck was that the got sound there. of of uh, the new character. What what was his name? Oh, I know, character. I know, I know. It was it, basically it was like okay, but they also did show like the leak in the ceiling. So that right, had been, right. that had been going on for some time. And so when he drew made that noise in that one central area, all the zombies went to that one central area and then weighed it down. Apparently, yeah, I yeah guess, but the holes were po- weren't popping in just the one central area. They were popping all over the roof and all. Oh, I'm not. I, hey, places. I'm not disagreeing that it was fucking stupid. Okay. <laughs> I'm not disagree. I'm just. I'm just. I'm trying to make sense. Stop defending it. No, it's. I'm. It's. It's like. Uh, I don't know. It's like a crazy casserole, and and I'm trying to make sense of this fucking thing. <laughs> and you, and you are like I, I get what you're saying. I I I personally think it was just the writing direction of it that fucked it up. I think you're making great points. I think really like it puts it in perspective for me what they were trying to accomplish. I just don't think they pulled it off. I know? think they had just got done watching Sharknado and they're like, hey, we can do yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. We'll have zombies yeah. falling from the fucking ceilings. Um, and I'm surprised there's not like somebody out there that's singing zombie rain. <laughs> <laughs> Remember chocolate rain? I feel rain? like this show works best though when it, it grounds itself in reality as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. And I felt like this episode did, failed on that miserably. Right, where you like get to watching it and you think about what if I was in the, that situation. I think with this episode, the way that it was filmed mainly really threw me off of that. It, it seemed too fantastical, I guess. I, I don't know. I think that was my major problem with it. I, I'm going to go ahead and give it a – I'm not going to give it a toss. I'm just going to give it a really, really low taste it, okay? Okay. Yeah. Um, I just, di- just put your tongue on it. <laughs> yeah, because I, it, th- I think the problem with this episode is it laid almost too much groundwork for the future episodes. Right, in my opinion, right. in my opinion, it laid too much groundwork for future episodes and then tried – 
I don't know. It, it, I didn't really connect with a lot of the characters that I wanted to connect with again. I get, I got glimpses of them. I got a, gl- I got a few glimpses of Daryl. I, I got a few glimpses of Michonne, but I didn't really get to connect with them like I did last season. Um, yeah. and I'm not saying I connected really well with Michonne last season. She was pretty guarded that whole season, but, um, you know, uh, they laid a lot of groundwork. Um, you know, Rick has changed. Uh, I think Rick at the beginning of this episode was kind of like when they showed him in the garden, uh, you know, he's doing gardening and there's these zombies on the outside and he's listening to headphones. He's, I got the headphones in. He's listening to, I don't know, Hank Williams or something. And, and he's almost like he's like pretending like that's what's happening on the outside of the prison is not happening. He, he's, right. he's in his garden. This is his, this is his, uh, you know, this is his, get away and he's not going to pay attention to those zombies and then they show the the symbol and uh, the symbol of him like you know he buried his gun and he's just wanting to i guess he's just like not he's trying to be he's in denial that this whole zombie apocalypse has happened and he's had to change who he is as a person because of it and i think that's the whole story of like him meeting clara out in the woods that she showed him kind of like this, no, you, this is what happens to people in the zombie apocalypse. If they, the zombie apocalypse will fuck you up. Right. And I I, think not to interrupt you, but just on that point, I think what I learned from season three about Rick is that if Lori hadn't died, he might have become like the governor. And I think what this episode is kind of showing is kind of he's still conflicted with what his place is in all of this. You right. know, what what extreme does he need to go to? Should he ignore it? No, probably not. But should he go to the extreme of the governor at the same time? I think he's kind of that's what I like about his character. And I think I think they did kind of show that. I just think in a weird way, you know, something that didn't sit well with me. I don't know if I can agree with that totally. I don't think I could ever see Rick going the way of the governor. Just killing well, he, people. He kind of got kind of extreme as the leader, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know, with the dictatorship, right? Sure, he sure. Was kind but, of like I but, make but, the decisions, or but, you die. But the governor, what he did, you know, in the room uh, with uh, Maggie, right, and right. Uh, what he did to uh, even the people from Woodbury at the uh, the final episode of last season, you know, with the, yeah. him just going out and shooting them in shooting cold blood. I don't see Rick ever going that far. I do see Rick taking his own life before I'd see him taking someone else's just out of like sheer like uh I don't know psych- psychosis or whatever. Yeah, true, true. I also know when uh, me and Brian spoke about the episode after it, we couldn't help but compare and contrast it to the season three opener. Yeah, that was so fantastic. It was, uh, the season three opener was like one of those openers that really resonated with me. And it was like after I watched the season three opener, I could not wait for episode two. Yeah, uh, it breathed it. life yeah. back into the series for me. I was kind of down on the whole thing after season two or I didn't even know if I cared anymore. And that season three opener really just – made my eyes open to it again yeah and i feel like this opener is the exact opposite i almost don't even want to tune in next week oh i will <laughs> I, I i have to um yeah. but 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 the thing is i and, and they also went into like how this zombie apocalypse they kind of touched on it too and uh how this zombie apocalypse and they talked about it last season too like how remember how carl when he shot that boy in cold blood out in the woods with herschel and beth that yeah. that boy was handing over his weapon and Carl just bam popped him. And then he had right. that huge he had that speech with his dad like, you know, hey, you didn't kill Andrew and he killed mom. 
you know, and you didn't do this. And then they came back and you didn't kill the governor when you were in the room with them. And the governor, you know, uh, look what the governor's done. He's killed uh, people from our group. He's like, you know, so I did what I had to do. And right. no remorse and from Carl. And I think the, this episode kind of touched on how the zombie apocalypse is affecting kids today. Like we can't – they've been programmed now to just get used to people dying. And like Beth this episode, when Zach, her boyfriend, when he died, like yeah, she, didn't, she, didn't she, care. Said, she said, I don't – no, it's not that she didn't care. I don't think it's not that she didn't care. But or she that just, she was numb. Yeah. She, yeah I think she just said that's – how she, that's how she just deals with it. She says, I don't cry anymore. And then right. she almost came over. I thought this was a really cool scene. She came over to Daryl, and she could tell that Daryl was more torn up about it than she was. Right. Because he's older than her, and her, him and Rick and these guys, when, when bad shit happens, that, they've got to re, they can't reprogram themselves. They're used to feeling, you know, uh, look, at, look at the way Rick died, the way Rick reacted when Lori died, and how, um, Daryl reacted when Merle died, you know? They got on their knees and on the ground and they were bawling. Man, and that's a good fucking point, That's Brian. a great point, Brian. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like when your mom calls you on your cell phone and when you answer, she goes, hi, this is your mom. It's like, yeah, she's programmed, you know? It, she's not used to caller ID and everything, you right. know? And it's the same kind of thing. I, I, that's a great point. That's a great point. So we're seeing the, the changes in the generations and, and how these kids are reacting to the zombie apocalypse and uh, I, I thought that was a really cool scene between Beth and Daryl, the way she kind of came over. And it, it was – she she comforted Daryl more you know, with the hug than – Yeah, Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't – it was, it was a flip. It was weird because it was like you'd think that he would be hugging her and she would be crying. But she comforted Daryl. It was bizarre. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool scene. Uh, I enjoyed that, and and that, and and the scene between the fun scene between you know Zach, Daryl, and Michonne when they were right before they went into like that big lots type uh, place before the whole you know it's raining zombies hallelujah thing happened <laughs> when he when he kept when when he had the very like you know Saving Private Ryan moment where all they're all trying to guess what Tom Hanks did before the war right, when right. he's trying to guess like you know what Daryl was and he said I think you were a homicide detective and like. You know, Daryl and Michonne got their like trading smirks and kind of laughing and shit. And Zach's like, "Fine, I'll guess again next week." I thought that was cool. And then like Michonne, when she like came across the cardboard cutout of like the look like the Frankenstein's monster, <laughs> yeah, she cut its head yeah, off. Yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> resembled a zombie, and it kind of startled her at first, and she felt stupid for it, so she cut its head off. I yeah. thought that was cute. So there were start, still glimpses in this episode that I did like, and but it did a lot too much foreshadowing. And then like the twist at the end with Patrick um, was weird. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Carol, Carol was in this episode, and you know, I, I, I okay, I'm gonna throw it out there. Is do you guys think that there's any chance that you know Carol does a lot of flirting with uh, with Daryl? Do you think that there's a chance that Daryl's gay? Um, do you think he that, really doesn't seem to give a shit about women? <laughs> do you think that's because of his brother, or do you think it's because of sexual orientation? I I don't think like that. I don't think. First off, I don't think Kirkman or any of these people 
would ever come out and say that, you know, that Daryl's gay. I think that'd be just too, I think that'd be crazy for them to do that because Daryl is just, I don't know. He's just like that. I, when I see him, I don't think that he's gay, but I, just the way he acts around Carol, you think there'd be more of an attraction. Yeah. Yeah. That relationship has seemed odd for me since the get go. Yeah. yeah. It's highly possible, man. I mean, I wouldn't put it past it uh, for that to be revealed later on. That's a good point. I, I never really thought about it, but you've definitely got my brain turning on that. I I don't know. You yeah, know, maybe. It's like, I mean, you know, Carol, I mean, you know, when the first, okay, the first season, she was like this, you know, battered, abused woman from your Lifetime movie, you know? She was like, you know, I don't, uh, but now she's gotten stronger and she smiles more and she's, she's, you would think he'd be more attractive. Yeah. To that. She's actually, she's really pretty when she smiles. So it's like, right. You think that, you know, all the time that they spent together, that Daryl would be attracted to her some way. And it's, that hasn't happened. It's kind of, it's kind of bizarre. So I thought I'd throw that out there. That's a very interesting point. You don't think that off camera that has happened? Cause I feel like they've hinted that it has. Hmm. No, I haven't. I haven't thought about that. Pet names and stuff. You don't think that they've done the business off camera already? No, I don't. (laughs) I don't. I don't. don't. Um, I think she. I think she does that to get a reaction out of him, and she. You know what I mean? I think she just does that to get a reaction Uh, because she did it last season too. Little little nudges and flirts here and there, and I think she does it to get a reaction, and uh, she's you know hope maybe it'll be reciprocated one of these episodes. I hope it does. I, you know, if anything, their names rhyme. So <laughs> yeah, you do. It is kind of one of those things where it's like, would you guys just get together already? Yeah, yeah throw her a bone, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's like Angela and Tony from Who's the Boss? Would you find <laughs> just just fuck already? Yeah. Uh, Mold, Mulder and Scully, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it is so. God, man, it is so unlike his character to not jump on that. If he was a straight male, you would think that he would have, you know, it's the end of the fucking world. What options does he have? They're living together. Why? Man, that's such a good I think everything he's loved, though, may have died. So That's true. Maybe he's he's scared to. You know what I mean? Maybe he doesn't. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't get close. And I think we've seen that, too. So, yeah. Damn, dude. Uh, it makes me want to rewatch that fucking episode. So yeah, I don't know. Not me. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe I will taste it again. You I know, know, I we, I do a podcast on, you know, this kind of shit. I did watch the episode twice and I try to like read you know, read between the lines and try to notice things that I didn't notice before. What did you guys think about the hint and this is from the comic books, but th- there is a council now. Um yeah. and the council it sounds like it's been made up of uh is Tyrese in the council? No, I don't think so. Okay, I, I think, think it's, it's Sasha, uh, Rick, uh, Daryl, Carol, uh, Maggie and Glenn, Herschel. Herschel, yeah. Daryl is the head of the – I think he – isn't Daryl like one of the head – isn't he like the head of the council? I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah. From the, I don't know. Yeah, but I think that they need to they need to delve a little bit more into the council and, and things like that. Um, I don't know. uh it was weird. Uh, some part, uh, some parts of it were, some parts were just really weird. I don't know. We didn't see a lot of Herschel this episode. We saw him planting. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> with his leg. Right. His leg. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just think, uh, I think they tried to make a lot of good points, and I think there was a lot. Like you're, you're saying, there's a lot of meat in there, but I think 
It was the pace. The yeah, they did it. the pacing was crazy. It was all over the place. It really was. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really. ADD. You never were. Like, you ne- yeah, you never were in one particular area for a long time. And it's like I want to get reacquainted with everybody, and you're we're jumping all over the place. Yeah, you know. Okay, Tyrese is now seeing this chick. What? Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow down. And, yeah. uh, you know, like a buddy of mine on Facebook said, well, yeah, that's real life. Sometimes real life goes real fast. And it's just like, well, yeah, true. But I mean, you can still like look at the episodes that were on the farm, you know, two, uh, two seasons ago. Those are yeah. some slow episodes. I'm not saying that we need to jump right into fucking zombie action and shit. But at the same time, I mean, let's take a little time to get reacquainted with everybody. Man, it, right, just, it went right. re- it went too quickly. It's like we jumped right into Zach, you know, Beth's boyfriend, and then we jumped right into, you know, all these new people that have come in from like either Woodbury or people that have just they picked up from just doing runs or whatever out to town. Right, and uh, we never were in one place too long, and. And uh, I don't know. The slow. The show needs to slow down and just show us, like, you know, how life has changed in the prison, and just kind of let us get introduced to all these new characters and things like that. So, I think, yeah. I mean, I think it will. Um, do you, Do you guys? Did you? You know, I'm not going to spoil the ending of it, but did you guys think that was a result of Daryl's deer kill? Was that not because of his food that he brought? Or am I totally like just imagining that? Okay. Didn't he he killed a deer, right? Yes, he did. And he he fed the camp. Yes. And then there was an issue. Now was that because of what he did? Do you think, or is that because of something else? Because well, it seems like they they tried to like play it off as a, like a number of different things okay. that may have caused that. So you're talking about the end scene with Patrick, right? The okay. end scene. Yeah. So now it's like they believe like okay, it, it, of course these are spoilers, but um, you know it, everybody's thinking like maybe that that the virus is airborne and it's affecting people, but right. Um, I think there's a, more of a connection between the pig Violet that died. And then the boar that was out in the woods that she was trying to bring, that Clara was trying, going to drag to her husband that had, you know, head in the bag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's a connection between the boar and then that pig. It it seemed weird because it seemed like Patrick thanked Daryl for bringing the deer. Like they made that a very specific scene. Like, thank you for bringing the deer. I just wanted to shake your hand. Okay. Uh, I watched the Talking Dead afterwards, and Greg Nicotero's direction to uh, the actor who played Patrick, he said, I want you to act as if – because they're not used to, like, these uh, – to, to people that, that are, like, providers, like hunter-gatherers. Right, you know, because right. Patrick's clearly not a hunter gatherer. Daryl, no. <laughs> Daryl is, and yeah. so he said, "I want you to act as if you are meeting a rock star." Okay, so okay. He, he was like all this reverence at the same time, excitement, like he's meeting like an idol, you know, like this rock star. You know, it'd be like us meeting like the Beatles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if they like threw that in there for you to pay attention to necessarily because of the ending or, but they also, yeah, they also had the pig and the boar. So yeah, I didn't know. 
Yeah, I, I guess that stuff is going to be revealed in the you know in future episodes, and I'll be watching. Um, but I, I like, like that. Yeah, I like that. I am more excited after watching American Horror Story this season for yeah. the next oh, episode yeah. of that. Get children on that premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, I'm hoping it gets better. Um, you know, and uh, it's just unfortunate that the show keeps getting different showrunners every year. You know, we had. Frank Darabont for the first season and the first half of the second season. Then Glenn Mazzara took over, did the rest of the second season and then the entire third season. And then they didn't want to pay AMC, didn't want to pay Glenn Mazzara more money to come back and do the third season. So then they get, you know, Scott Gimble and, and they kept Greg Nicotero and now they're doing the show. And it's just, come on, let's get some consistency. You know, I mean, it just yeah, that's, that's what it needs. Yeah. yeah. And I think I really think Kirkman should step in there and say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm not going to be asleep at the wheel at this thing." And I, I don't know his involvement necessarily, but I'm I'm just I get the feeling that he's not he's kind of letting it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he he's not as involved as he was with the first and second and third season. I feel like every new season he kind of slips out of the picture, and I think they need him there to be like, "Look, you know, quality control." You know, this isn't what I'm I'm picturing with this because even though I, I I had fun watching it, but at the same time, it was not anywhere near any of the other episodes I saw. And I, and for a season opener, that's a big deal. Yeah, you know, it yeah, has to strike you. That's the I big agree. thing it, for a season opener. It was a letdown. Yeah, and after watching this episode, I couldn't help thinking. I mean, this show does not need a spinoff. Mm. The, yeah, the spinoff is going to be uh, – it's official. It's going to come out uh, – it's going to be 2015. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it's going to be based in Georgia or if it's going to be in, in – you know, or, or in another state. And I don't know if these two shows are eventually going to intertwine. I hope they don't. But it's uh, – I don't know. I, I don't think we need more Walking Dead. I don't. Oh, no. No, this is enough. <laughs> you know, let's just have one good quality show. So right, focus know. on it. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't dilute it and try to run two shows. You know. Yeah. Hey yeah. guys, we still have. Uh, don't we still have that governor episode to look forward to this season though? There's two of them, right? Two, two yeah, governors. Two of them. Two governor yeah. episodes. That'll be cool. I'm, I I'd be interested to see that. So. Yeah, he's so great. I mean, God, I you know, like like I said, I rewatched season three, and I mean, he just. He blows me away as a villain. He's one of those villains that you just fucking hate, you know, and and you love hating him because it's so good. He he plays it so well. Yeah, he's so creepy. He's very creepy. Yeah. Um, he's like an evil Elvis. I, I always think that when I watch him. He's like an <laughs> evil fucking Elvis with one eye. And uh, God, what a great villain. Uh, he just blows me away as an actor. And uh, I want to see more of him. They don't need to overdo it. I think that's a good call to kind of keep him in the background in this series. So, or in this season, I, I'm really uh, appreciative of that move, at least. Right. Yeah, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. But um, absolutely. All right, hey guys. Unless you guys had anything else to say, I think we'll wrap this one up. I've had a lot of fun this week. Yeah, it has been fun. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, and we'll be back. I think we're gonna take we're gonna talk about the New York Comic Con news next episode, and and whatever other news stories come up, and and uh, I don't know. Oh, hey, uh, I think the next movie that we're gonna talk about is gonna be, of course, you know, Thor. I think that'll be our next like movie podcast where we'll focus completely on on Thor. I think that'll be 
November 8th when that movie comes out. So we'll definitely be reviewing Thor The Dark World. Uh, I think the next movie I'm going to see in theaters, though, is fucking Bad Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it looks hilarious. I love those uh, Jackass. It does look good, yeah. Yeah, those Johnny Knoxville movies slay me, man. I love John Knoxville. Yeah. He's great. I think I'm going to go see that new Ridley Scott movie the second it comes out. Yeah, please. I'd like to hear a review on that if you do. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. I like going in with, you know, the lights out, not knowing at all what the movie's going to be about, you know? Yeah, right. that, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I think – and we're also been talking a little bit behind the scenes uh, about at the end of the year having like an end-of-the-year reward show, uh, award show. So like basically we would give our awards out to like our favorite, you know, movie, favorite comic book, favorite, you know – new comic book favorite television show so that's going to be one of the shows that you can look forward uh look forward to at the end of the year i think that's something we're going to be doing yeah that'll be a lot of fun yeah uh jake you're going to be giving your movie of the year to man of steel if i'm correct (laughs) (laughs) i'll be giving something of the year to man of steel (laughs) (laughs) all right so hey uh we'll see you guys next week all right bye see ya love our listeners night bye-bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> what part didn't you understand? The buh or the bye? Bye-bye. <laughs> I love that sketch. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap! Good it, 
toss it good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, at the beginning of the episode, I teased uh, that we're going to reveal the connection between uh, the 2013 Alfonso Cuaron movie Gravity and the original 1968 Planet of the Apes movie. Now, this does contain spoilers for the movie Gravity, so if you haven't seen Gravity and don't want to be spoiled, then turn off the podcast now. You've been warned. At the end of Gravity, Sandra Bullock's character, Ryan Stone, returns to Earth in a Chinese space capsule landing in a huge lake where the capsule sinks and she must swim to her freedom. She then makes her way to the shore. She grips the wet sand before getting to her feet. She's triumphant and reborn, a new person climbing out of the water, which is a metaphor for both baptismal rebirth and the course of evolution. What you may not have known is that Ryan Stone comes down in the same lake where Charlton Heston and company crash-landed in Planet of the Apes. Gravity shot on the Arizona side of the border while Planet of the Apes was shot in Utah, a more accessible spot for filming. Also, as a side note, for Doctor Who fans, the Doctor Who episodes The Impossible Astronaut and The Wedding of Riversong were also shot there. So I just thought that was cool that the two movies were connected, two of pretty much my favorite movies. I love the original 1968 Planet of the Apes movie as well. And if you like comic books, check out uh, Planet of the Apes Cataclysm. It's a comic book that just came out last year and it just wrapped up. And it uh, deals with the events, bef- uh, I think, eight years before Charlton Heston uh, arrived um, to uh, uh, their version of the Planet of the Apes. So check out that book. And my cat is hitting my microphone. So, hey, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.